Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to episode 205 of the Naturally Nourished Podcast. Today we are talking about bone and structural health, including tendons, ligaments, and cartilage. And we'll be talking about kind of how the body's frame works to support function, um, as well as what stresses or strains the system, and what we can do to optimize performance support for athletes and everyone in between. Daily living, yes. (laughs) And unfortunately, as we've talked about in past episodes about collagen and bone health, at the ripe age of 35, we already see some harmful effects of bone loss. So we will do all we can in today's episode to empower you against any degradation to your structural frame, and we'll even empower you with tools on how to enhance it and ensure that you're able to support it through any phase of life. So we have a lot to cover in this episode as always. As I referenced, we have prior episodes in our artillery Back in episode 122, one was called Building Strong Bones, where we covered bone loss. We nerded out on osteoblasts and osteocytes and osteoclasts and all different forms of bone cells that we're not going to do in today's episode again. We talked a lot about osteoporosis and osteopenia, symptoms and risk factors for bone loss, as well as dietary and food as medicine recommendations for bone health. So that's episode 122. And then also we have episode 144, and it is on collagen, what the science says. And that includes a ton of research on various conditions, as well as learning about the five different types of collagen, best sources and ways to boost collagen formation in your body, as well as quality control in your collagen products. So great re- Great episodes to check out. Blah, 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 blah. Let's do this thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Good one if you're not already taking collagen to convince you of why you need it for sure. Yes. Oh, and before we go into today's opening sponsor, actually, let's do a little bit of mini announcements. So one thing I want to share with you podcast listeners that we have not yet, I believe, is the next 12-week food as medicine ketosis class that we have rocking over here. This is an archived version of our three-month program. So we are using the video content of the live classes that we recorded in the May round. So by doing the archive participation, you get 20% off. You still get all of the same amount of value as far as the same amount of video footage, the same engagement with the live Facebook uh, group where I will be moderating directly all of your questions, comments, concerns as you progress through the curriculum. We are still going to do it time released. Did we say that, Becky, or we're going to do it all at once? We're going to release it all at once. We're going to we? release all the videos at once, but you'll be getting uh, biweekly email support. So that'll still drip out to you as if you were following it over a 12-week course. Yes. And then I, as, a, as an extra bonus, will be doing a live Q&A at the week of class three and then closing at the week of class six. So you actually are going to get an extra three hours of my brain, my mind. Again, I'll be directly addressing your needs throughout the program on the Facebook group. And then also you will get within the email check-ins surveys and I'll be addressing those, uh, you know, Google surveys and addressing your questions in the live Q and A's. So really jam packed with content. If you've been thinking about it, this is guaranteed 20% off savings. So a great deal and a great way to stay on track for the fall getting into the holiday season. This one launches, is it September, goodness, 10th, whatever that Wednesday is in September. And um, September 9th, September 9th. We can't wait to see you all there and um, definitely take advantage. It's already discounted in the cart, right, Becky? So when you sign up, you're going to get that 20% off. You don't need a coupon code. And um, we look forward to still having a strong fall 
group while yes. Becky's on maternity leave. Yes. I'll be thinking of you guys, but probably not very active. No, I will be, I will be doing a lot of the Becky stuff. So you get more of my brain yes. direct. So, hey, it's worth yep. considering a spot. It's a good thing. Um, all right. Let's have a quick word from our sponsor for this episode, Santa Cruz Medicinals. Yes. So Santa Cruz Medicinals is a CBD company that makes keto, paleo, gluten-free, lab-tested, clean, and potent cannabidiol. So CBD is a compound that has anti-inflammatory as well as anti-anxiety and mood-stabilizing effects. CBD has a great influence in the brain, helping with GABA expression, which is our inhibitory mellowing out response. So during times of stress or sleeplessness, CBD can be a really powerful tool to harness the wild stallion of your brain, if you will. But the guys over at Santa Cruz Medicinals agree with Becky and I that many of the CBD products out there are simply just buzzworthy and not providing you potency and purity. So they actually recommend you doing a 100 milligram CBD oil a day challenge and see how you feel after a week. Do some journaling in the process, check in on your quality of your sleep. Um, If you're waking up like Cinderella with the birds chirping, if your brain is more online and you're dealing with less ADD or stressed and wired, stressed and tired thought processes. And I've noted some really powerful clinical outcomes, especially with sleep and some neuromuscular release in my body, as well as supporting my digestive tract. Your enteric nervous system and your endocannabinoid system have definite interplay, as does this system with your neurological system or your central nervous system. So our body makes CBD. It's natural. It's powerful. A great way to tonify your immune system and your stress response. Go on over to scmedicinals.com and put in Ally Miller RD at checkout. This will guarantee you 15% off your first order and free shipping. It's scmedicinals.com and the code is Ally Miller RD. Okay. And then before we jump in, I think we should talk about YouTube as well. <laughs> yes. So uh, we have also launched the YouTube channel and we are now on like our eighth episode at least out there in the real world. I think so. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, every Thursday we will be releasing a new video. We are super excited about the content and the bite-sized dense information that we're providing you guys. We have now covered ground on best care for your cast iron. We've covered what is food as medicine. We've talked about bone broth, the importance of why you need it in your artillery for food as medicine and gut support and your best way you can sip it on the daily, as well as three ways to mix up your bone broth in a separate video. Uh, What else have we covered, Becky? I think by the time this episode airs, we'll have the um, salmon salad nori wrap out and stress-busting foods that should be out around this time. Um, And that would be great overlap with some of the content we'll get into in today's video as well. Most definitely. I actually had that in my notes of food as medicine recommendations. (laughs) So we'll we'll revisit what that all entails by the end of this episode. So yeah, lots of fun stuff, a lot of visuals. And um, Becky and I have been keeping it light and trying to stay as natural as possible in front of the camera. And (laughs) um, yeah, we're so excited for y'all to join us over on that platform. So go on over to YouTube, make sure you subscribe, search naturally nourished um, and it should come right up and you can subscribe for weekly free video content and we are so appreciative of you sharing the channel or especially any particular video that you've watched that we've done that you feel would resonate with a family member or a friend we have a lot more content coming out on women's hormones gut health and all of the good things in between yes Awesome. Awesome. All right. I think that's all our updates. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. (laughs) All right. Um, So let's jump in and just start with discussion of kind of the function of the frame of the body or our structural system of the body. So what is it comprised of and what does it do? Okay. So the skeletal system is comprised of cartilage, ligaments, and bones. And the major functions of our skeletal system are mobility, so facilitation of movement, if you will, Uh, body support, so integrity. We also require the skeletal system to protect our internal organs. 
and it plays a role as a storage vector for minerals and fat. We'll talk a lot about that today because we didn't cover any of that world when we talked about uh, episode 122 in bone health. So we're going to talk about you know stem cells and things like that today, bone marrow, and then within that, red blood cell formation. So it's basically body support, facilitation of movement, protection of organs, storage of minerals and fat, and then blood cell formation. So our bones are active living tissue and they are constantly being grown, broken down and remodeled throughout our lives. This is where things like, you know, pastoral health and structural health play such a role with and movement, right? Play such a role with our integrity of our bones. It requires demand and use to maintain a strong structure and frame. So we see over time loss of bone mass occurs when the resorption or the breakdown uh, is going to be imbalanced with the level of the bone remodeling that is at play. So we see this exacerbated with, like I said, uh, decreased demand. So if the frame isn't being used, if there's not weight bearing, there's going to be more breakdown than there is remodeling. If there's nutrient deficiencies, and um, we can see both of these exacerbated with the aging process. All right. So it sounds like our skeletal system does a lot more than keep us from being a blob on the floor, right? Yeah. Um, let's dig in a little bit on um, bone breakdown and you know, as you said, the risk of, of bone loss and osteoporosis is going to increase just with age in general. But I think there are a lot of lifestyle factors that could be coming into play of your risk and, and things that could alternatively promote bone health. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's let's hit the basics of just kind of the diet risk factors first off. And and so comes the double-edged sword of food as medicine, yes. Becky. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So the, the depressing stuff first, like I kind of mentioned in the beginning, uh, bone mass peaks around age 30. So, you know, through childhood, adolescence, and early adulthood, these are the time periods that we can significantly increase our peak bone mass throughout lifestyle choices, physical activity, diet, and, you know, being less sedentary, just just actual having weight-bearing influence. And when we're looking at the impact of diet, we do see that, you know, the poor quality, overfed yet malnourished Western style sad diet can exacerbate bone loss. And, you know, we're seeing in inner city populations uh, higher incidence of rickets um, as well as osteomalacia from vitamin D deficiency that we can see as a, a pretty significant influence. And in the diet world, it's the fried food, the processed foods, refined grains, as well as a lot of research specifically to fructose Mm -hmm. and soft drinks. So the whole world of sweets and desserts that can have a significant negative influence on bone health. So I'm going to just unpack refined sugar and fructose first. um, And then, then we can talk about other roles because I think that for our audience, a lot of this is, you know, kind of known or assumed, but it is important to note So there was the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition study that looked at 2,000 adults 60 over, and they followed them for a three-year period of time, and they found a 2.48-fold greater increase of um, bone fralidity and um, uh, breaking and bone thinning in individuals that consumed greater than 36 grams a day of added sugar when compared to those that were under 15 grams a day of added sugar. And so these were sourced from uh, sugar-sweetened beverages. They actually did not distinguish out high fructose corn syrup from glucose or sucrose or forms of sugar, but refined processed sugar, so pastries, cookies, things like that. So almost two and a half time of a greater odd over a three-year period of time, which is a pretty strong trend there. And then we know that fructose, as we've talked about in past episodes, fructose being a big driver of hypertension um, because of magnesium depletion, this is one of the mechanisms where fructose might be more severe over just the total grams of sugar because fructose has been shown to deplete minerals. So there is that um, concern of magnesium depletion throwing off the bone balance in the body, and um, that, that's seen as a higher level with dietary fructose consumption. Super interesting. And yeah, like you said, hopefully our listeners are kind of well past that point, but just something to call out, especially for family members. I'm thinking about, you know, 
my grandmother who lived on a diet of like cake and (laughs) sugar and was maybe 90 pounds her whole life, but had multiple hip fractures and hip replacements and all of the things that could be avoided. Yeah, most definitely. And I think it's interesting to note that a lot of times people have a perception still of, well, I think soda and and Mm -hmm. that's good to know. (laughs) And it's both the phosphoric acid that plays a role with phosphorus leaching and that further depletes mineralization in the bone. Um, But that was kind of the messaging where people get confused about sparkling water. So sparkling water, I don't see to be a concern as far as bone density when I dug into that. Um, You know, uh, I would say if you have reverse osmosis filter in your water, you'd want to consider remineralizing Mm -hmm. your water for certain. So that's something to concern in the world of water. But the other nuance that I hear beyond uh, sparkling water is high protein diets and that the ketogenic diet wouldn't be good for bone health. So I wanted to just kind of call that out as well, uh, because often we will see the classic grandma example of like the frail, high intake of like toast mm-hmm. and, and donuts and yep. Yep. <laughs> maybe a diet Coke. It's all they eat. <laughs> right, right. You know, so that's really the, the big area of concern. Whereas when we actually see there have been studies that have looked at long-term effects of a very low carbohydrate weight loss diet. So a calorie restricted diet compared to same calorie restriction, low fat. And um, they did not see any variance, no differential in the bone health over a 12-month period in these overweight and obese individuals that were on calorie restriction. So calorie restriction in general, because you're losing the weight on the body that impacts that bone density can reduce bone density to some level, but it wouldn't be the mechanism of the ketogenic diet. And in fact, when we talk about ketosis, it's not concentrated high protein where we're talking about kidney influence and mineral regulation. The ketogenic diet can actually support bone minerality and density, which is really important, especially when we're talking about a clean keto diet that has our recommendations of things like leafy greens for the magnesium to maintain optimized state state, and also bone broth and other bone health supporting nutrients. Okay. And I think that puts to bed some of the myths around keto and bone loss and, you know, issues of alkalinity and things like that. Yes. Yes. Okay. And then something else we didn't cover in episode 122 that I want to make sure we hit is the role of bone in forming our red blood cells and also in our immune system and even oxygenation and performance. Yeah, it's funny. I was watching a Lance Armstrong documentary, you know, and so of course they were talking about like his doping and performance mm-hmm. and they were talking about EPOE um, and that being a big competitive edge. I don't remember what decade it was and if it's now still a thing. I didn't really nerd out too much on it, but. EPOE was used as a performance enhancer, and this is the hormone erythropoietin, and this plays a role with, um, you know, regulating red blood cell production. So for an athlete to get a a surge of red blood cell uh, production is going to help them oxygenate, right? So they're going to bulk up with muscle mass and also have, uh, you know, more resilience and, and performance tolerance, if you will. So I think that's really interesting. Uh, our stem cells are made in our bone marrow, right? And so these are our hemocytoblasts and they give rise to all formed elements in our blood. So the hemocytoblasts are going to become a cell that is a pro-erythroblast and then that develops into a new red blood cell. In the human body, our blood marrow produces all of our red blood cells and then 60 to 70% of our white blood cells, So, and then all of our platelets. So we're getting a lot of immunological uh, function and red blood cell survival function, right? This is how our cardiovascular and respiratory system works through red blood cell oxygenation. And I think a lot of times we dissociate that the bone provides that biological totally. function. Yep. Like we just think of it as a structural component when it's actually keeping us alive. Um, So yeah, the bone produces all of our bone marrow, all of our stem cells, of course, 60 to 70% of the white blood cells. And then the lymphatic tissue is going to make in the spleen, the thymus, and the lymph nodes, uh, the lymphocytes, which are going to comprise that remaining 20 to 30% of our white blood cells. Got it. So stem cells, majority of, of white cells are produced in the bone. And then that makes another important priority of, of limiting sugar and kind of that immunological connection, I think, as well. 
Most definitely. And, you know, as we've talked about before, when you get a blood sugar spike, that that puts your white blood cells off guard, if you will, or suppresses their function. And now we know if that breaks down our bone, that would also then indirectly impact our production. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, And then why do we love collagen or, or what are some of the highlights, I guess, from 144 when it comes to structural health and tendons and ligaments. Yeah, so collagen, that's where kind of we connect the dots, if you will, of bone and structure. Uh, So collagen is basically the glue that holds us together. It is 25 to 30% of the proteins in our body and provides our primary structural protein in our extracellular matrix or, you know, our skeletal system. And so this comprises our bones as well as collagen comprises 20 plus percent of our muscles. And then the majority of our tendons, ligaments, cartilage, skin, intestinal lining, blood vessels even, uh, the dentin on our teeth, the corneas on our eyes. And um, beyond the structural integrity that collagen provides, it also allows for that really unique uh, strength and elasticity, which allows so much biological cellular function. Obviously, there's a, with that elasticity, we have growth and development capabilities. Um, our organ development and healing of bones and blood vessels as well as the formation of our extracellular matrix all require this integrity of collagen. And um, it's made up of many amino acids and the primary builders of collagen come from glycine, proline, and hydroxyproline. And at age 35, collagen production begins to slow down. So by age 40, we start to see some more rapid depletion. And by age 60, over half of our body's collagen has been depleted. And this can be exacerbated by genetics, smoking, pollution, excessive sun exposure, and nutritional deficiencies. Totally. And I think we covered some of the big ones for nutrient deficiencies, but right away, vitamin C stands out. And I know we're going to talk a little bit more about supplement recommendations in a bit. Yeah. And it's interesting you mentioned that, Becky, because when we think about vitamin C as an antioxidant, collagen itself actually has been shown to have some really amazing both anti-inflammatory and antioxidant properties. So it's been shown to actually support the activity of antioxidant enzyme pathways like superoxide dismutase, glutathione peroxidase. Uh, This is a reason why we'll do a blend of collagen and uh, my grass-fed whey in Stella's smoothies because it's a really great thing in that toddler age to support antioxidant capacity as well as that gut integrity and then you get the immunoglobulins from the grass-fed way which are supportive of the gut associated lymphatic tissue or the you know building of immune response so many many benefits for sure and all the more reason to incorporate go back and listen to 144 though if you're not convinced i think i'm at like three scoops of collagen a day. Right yeah. Now. <laughs> well, you got a lot of elasticity yeah. going yeah. on, girlfriend. I sure do. <laughs> Trying to prevent, you know, stretch marks and all the things so far so good. Knock on wood. Yes. Um, and it's more that type one collagen, correct? That has the most clinical outcomes associated. Yeah. So there are five different types, but when you're looking at your product, uh, bovine collagen, which is beef derived from the hide, uh, is the most popular. Uh, we have shared that, you know, we use in our households further food collagen and um, I'll be sure to put the link. You can use Allie Miller RD when you check out. And they do use this bioavailable form because when we looked at all the research studies that, like I said, look at things like vascular support and pressure ulcer healing. And we saw the cellulite study with a double blind randomized clinical trial. We were like, check, I'm in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you want to just make sure that what you're using is the form that is going to yield clinical benefits. So uh, you can check out furtherfood.com and use the code Allie Miller RD. Okay. Awesome. And then onto the world of calcium supplementation for a moment. Um, let's talk about that as a priority for bone health and maybe things to avoid in a calcium supplement. Yeah. So again, it's interesting to make the dot to connect something like calcium supplementation to beyond the world of osteopenia and osteoporosis to a tool that can be used for immune health. 
when we're thinking about the support of supporting your bones, Mm -hmm. aiding in regulating all of your majority of your white blood cell and all of your red blood cells and your marrow and your stem cells. Uh, I think that that takes a leap of a higher level of focus. And, you know, our eyes have been opened as practitioners. I know mine with the calcium anxiety connection. Yeah. Where, you know, I, I often see like some individuals that have the severe panic attacks and really intensive anxiety to be based 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 on or at least playing a role from calcium deficiency and this can even be seen in like tremors or ticks yeah totally um i recently added our osteofactors in actually i guess end of second trimester going into third trimester just with all of the bone development and growth and all of the demands on my body and i was noticing i was having some um like charlie horses and muscle cramps at night and since adding in two of those a day they've stopped oh love that yes, yes. So, so it's a wide consideration of why you would need calcium or want calcium and especially in the world of those of us that are doing you know a dairy-free diet and such so when we're looking at calcium there's various forms uh, citrate carbonate gluconate and lactate are the more popular of them and you know generally the the variance of acidity or the variance of formation will have different levels of absorption. Um, When we're talking about calcium supplementation, it's always strongly advised that you ensure that you are supplementing also with vitamin D and K2 because vitamin D is going to play a role with the calcium metabolism. It's basically the gatekeeper to aid in the calcium absorption. And then vitamin K2 is going to direct the calcium into the bone because if you just take vitamin D with a calcium supplement or like you think of milk that's fortified with vitamin D, if you're lacking that vitamin K2, then you are at risk for more calcification of soft tissues. Like when someone has a carotid artery scan, they're looking at their calcium score for their heart health. Uh, We know that calcium can deposit into the vessels and actually create harm for our cardiovascular system. So it's a fine line of of balance. And what I've found is that when we're looking at elemental forms of calcium, this is where we have better utilization by our bone cells, less unfavorable deposits in the soft tissue. And that also means beyond calcification of arteries, risk of stones. So like kidney stone, gallbladder stone, we can see reduced risk of all of this when we're using a form from the bone matrix. And that's what we've done exclusively with the osteofactors. So it uses this MCHC form, microcrystalline hydroxycalapatite, and this is derived from grass-fed beef bone. So you're actually getting bone-derived elemental calcium, and that also is going to provide trace minerals that are crucial to bone health. Yes, and I think that's the big distinction of, you know, not using something cheapo over the counter like a calcium citrate or another one of those forms that could just drive you know more potential risk factor for calcification of you know where we don't want it to go basically exactly and i mean the mchc has over 30 years of research behind it and again in that format of the hydroxyapatite concentrate uh, we actually see these bone growth factors Uh, So with this bone matrix protein, we're getting growth factors for the collagen, for the bone tissue, as well as an elemental form of calcium in its synergy or relationship of the trace minerals in which it exists in the bone. So really powerful, cool stuff. So, I mean, that's, that's something I would definitely highlight is if you're using a calcium supplement, make sure that it's MCHC form. The easiest way to do that, obviously, is to purchase osteofactors yep. from the Naturally Nourished Supplement line. Um, and, and even so, I would still advise that you also supplement with the vitamin D balance blend, which has that ratio of the D3 with the K1 and K2 blend. Yeah, and I've seen pretty remarkable outcomes in like my postmenopausal patients on bone density scans using that you know from one year to the next for sure oh i've seen fabulous outcomes on z-score improvements Mm -hmm. and um, especially in women that we look postmenopausally that are substantially low in estrogen and Mm -hmm. we incorporate a little bit of bioidentical uh, blend of estriol and estradiol 
And uh, those individuals then, once their estrogen levels are optimized, which we confirm with our saliva testing, uh, that is like the sweet spot to really see significant clinical outcomes where they don't have to go on any of those gnarly drugs that we talk about in episode 122. Yep. Yep. Um, Huge connection for sure with the estrogen piece as well. Um, All right. So let's talk about other nutrients that help to support and build strong bones beyond calcium. Yeah. So beyond calcium, like I mentioned, vitamin D is is a big one for sure. And so as far as lifestyle and access to um, sun exposure is still king for certain 30 minutes a day without SPF on your skin is really important to support with about 10,000 IUs of vitamin D production by your liver and kidneys. And if you um, are still able to do that, but are still running deficient, um, looking at food sources from fatty fish, especially if you can incorporate the liver and uh, mushrooms have some form as well as liver from any animal. So like beef liver, egg yolks have a decent source as well. Um, And then for the calcium, as far as food forms, um, we do want to look for our leafy greens. Um, These are fantastic tools for us. So kale, turnip greens, and bok choy are some of the higher sources. Uh, Chia seed is actually a pretty uh, decent source of calcium. So adding chia seed to your yogurt, uh, dairy products, if you're consuming them, are going to have higher amounts of uh, calcium to contribute to your body as well. So like Greek yogurt with chia seeds would be a great snack, especially with some berries for vitamin C, which we'll talk about in a moment. And then canned fish, especially if it has the bone in skin on, like a traditionally canned salmon, uh, would be a great source of also that same biological form of calcium. Yep. The Vital Choice is one of the only brands I've seen out there that still has the bones intact. Um, And then going for like sardines or anchovies that are smaller fish that have bones intact as well. Definitely. And then beyond the D sources that we mentioned, the vitamin K2 is going to be more in your animal products and in um, some fermented forms. Uh, So the gut bacteria can actually produce vitamin K2. Uh, So having cultured foods like kimchi, sauerkraut, uh, and then incorporating things like raw aged cheeses can be a great benefit where you get that calcium and that K2. And then your vitamin K1, you're gonna get in your leafy greens and such. So a little bit of a double dip again for a calcium source. And leafy greens brings us to magnesium, yes. which plays a big role. I mean, it's really a macro mineral uh, because it's required in such a high amount for healthy bone structure, and it's essential for the function of our bone cells. Uh, so this plays a big role in support, and we can get this through our leafy greens. Our nuts and seeds are fantastic, so doing like our nut flour-based muffins could be a good idea. Also, if you tolerate legumes, these can be a good source if you're soaking them and preparing them with kombu so that you are removing those phytates and, and getting the good uh, benefits by removing the anti-nutrients. And then avocados are a fantastic source of magnesium. And when I'm talking magnesium and leafy greens and all these other things, chocolate is another fave. And I always have to mention relax and regulate uh, because you know 50 to 60% of the magnesium in the body is found in the bones. And again, this is the primary nutrient that gets burned out from stress response. And so if we know we're someone that has more musculoskeletal concerns, magnesium is a great place to start. Yeah, I would say a pretty high level of deficiency just across you know, the general population. And, and when we're testing for nutrient deficiencies, that one comes up more often than not. Yes. And so in the world of magnesium, I'd also consider potassium as a mineral that plays, you know, we think of this as balancing the fluid in our body, playing a role with diuretic or, you know, excess fluid retention or removal. Um, and we do see that potassium can play a role with bone health as it can aid in bone formation and decrease bone resorption. Um, so best foods here could be our winter squashes, which uh, just came out of season and will be coming back soon. Dried fruit can be a great uh, reasonable source. So like chopping up apricots with uh, your nuts, and that could be done with um, some shredded coconut as a simple snack. And then potassium is also found in our avocado. 
and in uh, we think of banana, of course, so like the low carb collagen zucchini muffins could be a great selection. You're getting in the eggs there. There's six eggs in there. There's collagen in there. There's the almond flour and one banana throughout the recipe. So that could be a great delivery there. Totally. And then folate and B12 in the world of like red blood cell formation, I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, that would support bone health by aiding in that whole EPO function. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, for folate and B12, we would think also for animal products and organs would be a great source here. Or animals that have the organelle, uh, like oysters mm-hmm. and mussels, fantastic clams would be fantastic here. And then we think of foliage for folate. It's a lot of overlap. That's why we always recommend in our 12-week food is medicine keto class, two to three cups of greens every single day. Um, And you guys love it for me by the end because your body thanks you. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. If you just incorporate that, you'd hit the majority of the nutrients we've covered so far. Right. And then, you know, B12 is an all animal product. So if you're hitting your protein goals, there should not be an issue with that. Uh, But some individuals do still run deficient, especially if they have a lot of neurological demand, stress demand, Um, if they're experiencing neuropathy or they have been deficient in, uh, they've been diagnosed with B12 deficiency anemia or such, uh, then this would be consideration of adding a B supplement like our B complex or even the B12 boost. Totally. And especially when we're talking that like elderly population, a lot of times we do see B12 deficiency for sure. Yeah, that's going to be higher seen for sure in the elderly because a lot of them are on PPIs. Mm-hmm. Um, so Nexium or Omeprazole, uh, Protonix, these antacids actually block the uh, intrinsic factor that plays a role in the activation of B12. And so they may be eating, you know, still some meat with their potatoes or whatever protein form they're getting, but they're not able to really utilize that B12 and that can drive dementia. So if you do have a parent that's aging and um, they're on one of those drugs, I think throwing in a B12 boost would be a great insurance policy and also give them a little bit more of a cognitive and energy boost, which can be important because we see so much chronic fatigue with older age as well. Yep. And then vitamin C we mentioned with relation to collagen formation. Yes. So vitamin C plays a big role with the integrity of our bones as well as our tendons. And um, vitamin C is antioxidant and anti-inflammatory in its function. And uh, it can reduce that excess of inflammation in the body, which can help with tissue recovery and repair but also reducing damage. So the best foods here, we think of our colored bell peppers and our berries, our citrus fruits and zest. Uh, We also look for a variety of leafy greens. Uh, Kiwi is kind of an unsung hero of vitamin C and also really rich in enzymes. Uh, So the enzymes in there can help if there is a uh, athletic injury or a tendon tear or, you know, plantar fasciitis or tendonitis, if you will. Uh, Kiwi could be something that would be fun to bring in with those proteolytic enzymes. And then um, even tropical fruits like mango and papaya. Totally. Um, So a lot of food as medicine recommendations so far. Let's talk about supplement recommendations and maybe as we do so, um, do a little self-sponsorship of this episode. Yes. We didn't put a mid-roll in for you guys because we knew that today's episode would be pretty jam-packed with supplement recommendations. And I think that this is an important episode to share with family members or friends that may be new to the Naturally Nourished podcast. So I want to give them a little bit breakdown of what we provide for our listeners and the resources that we have available for you all. So I started the Naturally Nourished Supplement line years ago when after a decade of being a functional medicine practitioner, I understood the power of targeted nutritional support, uh, but it was difficult to find brands that I trusted or that I could see consistent outcomes with. So when we're looking at dysfunction in the body, it's important to understand that micronutrients, antioxidants, botanicals, probacteria are always your first line of defense because they can work upstream. They can actually enhance what your body does, how it expresses, how it functions on a day-to-day basis based on giving it what it needs to work. Your body requires nutrients to do all of its biochemical reactions and the anatomy and physiological processes. So why not start with food as medicine and enhance your outcomes with targeted nutrition support? 
So the Naturally Nourished Supplement line is comprised of over 32 different products that are all third-party tested for mold, toxicity, and also tested to be pure to provide us with the potency and the dosage that is stated on the label. So we ensure that every formula that passes through our product line is safe, effective, and potent to yield clinical outcomes. As we grew as a clinic, we knew that we couldn't get our message out to everyone in one-on-one sessions. So at AllieMillerRD.com, we're providing a lot more protocols as the website builds and grows. And we also do so in episodes such as this, where we provide you a lot of strategic tools that you can use based on your body's needs. Totally. So let's unpack maybe some of our favorites or highlights in the line that would be specific to this episode. I know you talked about vitamin D3 and K2, and I think that vitamin D balance blend is a really important one to highlight not only for, you know, immune dysfunction and things like that, vitamin D deficiency, we see oftentimes driving some of those bone and structural concerns. And, you know, when we look at off the shelf vitamin D, either the dosage doesn't compare or it doesn't have that K2 that's actually going to get the vitamin D and the calcium to where it needs to go in the body. Yeah. In fact, we can see long-term use of vitamin D supplementation if it's not paired with that vitamin K to drive, like I said, more stone formation. Mm -hmm. And we also know that vitamin D has so many benefits beyond structural and immune health. It really works as a pro-hormone. So we see fantastic outcomes on mental health. We see fantastic outcomes on metabolic health. Vitamin D supports insulin sensitivity and can help with blood sugar regulation as well as how your thyroid functions and burns fat in your body. So definitely make sure that your vitamin D levels optimize, which would be between 50 and 100 in a blood test. And um, consider daily use of the vitamin D balance blend to stay at that level. We also released the vitamin D balance blend liquid, which is available starting at infancy. So this is what we will be using. Well, Becky will be using with baby. Yeah, um, I got to order some actually. <laughs> once he's out the shoot. Um, so there is dosages based on weight from infancy um, and then all the way up uh, to adulthood. So that provides flexible dosing. One ml, an entire dropper is 2000 IUs and at the same balanced blend of the capsule, but the capsule provides 5,000 IUs per capsule. So flexible dosing in a liquid form, which is great for our, our kids, especially those going back to school, and maybe for the elderly if they're having difficulty with swallowing capsules. Sure. And then relax and regulate, I think we need to highlight on that one as well. So you mentioned the connection of bone health and magnesium, and I don't think I realized how much magnesium is actually contained within our bones. Like the majority, man. Uh Yeah. (laughs) So yes, uh, relax and regulate. I could muse on forever. I highly recommend you go check out the video on the website page where I talk about the benefits of myo-inositol. So relax and regulate is a one-two punch. It has magnesium bisglycinate, the most bioactive form of magnesium for your neuromuscular and bone system. And um, the myo-inositol has fantastic support for hormone balance in the body. So this is powerful for women and men. It helps take the tension out of the jaw. It helps to support gentle hormone transition and get your hormones back on track if they've been imbalanced. And then I think multi-defense would be another important one to call out when we're talking about bone health and just kind of some of the little micronutrient, um, micro minerals, if you will, some of the, the stuff that we don't always think about. Yes, definitely. So all of your chelated minerals are going to be in there. We're going to get a methylated form of folate as well as a methylated form of B12. So those red blood cell builders, this is just a great multivitamin and everyone because of today's food system. And even if we're eating organic, the soil depletion and just the increased demand of living in a toxic, dirty world under a high stress (laughs) timestamp, we all need a multivitamin. So multi-defense, if you are not menstruating, multi-defense with iron, if you're menstruating, and then otherwise it'd be the multi-avail kids or the multi-avail mama. All right. And last, we'll hit on osteofactors again. Yes. I think that's one of the most unique of all of the things that you'll see when you compare to other calcium supplements. Again, 
don't go for any of those forms, whether it's citrate or, or gluconate. What we want is the MCHC, the microcrystalline hydroxycalapatite. This is in osteofactors. It's a bone-derived matrix, so you're getting bone growth factors. You're getting the exact synergy of nutrients and minerals and microminerals that are in the bone, and they aid in delivery to the bone and support bone function, which also means, as we stated in today's episode, immune, red blood cell, and really whole body health. Yes. All right. Um, So let's jump back in and let's talk a little bit maybe about fascia and how that comes into play within our skeletal system. So this is something I find super fascinating, the more body work and yoga and chiropractic work I'm doing and being pregnant like all of the body shifts for sure (laughs) yeah i became super aware of my fascia through my pregnancy and definitely postpartum uh, because i had some really severe adhesions following my c-section so fascia is a thin casing of connective tissue that surrounds and holds every organ blood vessel bone nerve fiber and muscle in place And the tissue does more than just provide internal structure. It actually itself has nerves that make it almost as sensitive as skin. So you can actually release your fascia. Um, And so if you think of the fascia as like this like cling film, um, and that's why I think of it as like saran wrap, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And basically it wraps all of our muscles, our organs, and it does interplay, like I said, with the bone as well and connective tissue. And it's reducing friction from your day-to-day movement, but there are, you know, myofascial release type techniques that actually give the cling film a workout or stretch or smooth it so that the body can not hold or clench in particular areas, which will influence our nerve, our nervous system and really our whole body. Um, so if there's like fascia areas of, um, concern that can hold something like you, you could have intestinal, um, permeability, for instance, where your intestine could pass through the fascia, and then that's going to greatly interfere with your digestive process. Um, You can release these fascial adhesions, just like you would kind of clear out cobwebs between the muscle where you're literally just kind of moving and massaging and um, increasing hydration and elimination of toxins through that lymphatic tissue. Um, So they can be looking like stretching movements. Um, But basically the idea is to free up the way that the muscle functions and that's going to aid in its contract and release function, which will prevent injury. And we see over time that that can be one of the primary drivers. Okay. So the connection of the fascia to the tendon and bone interplay is huge. And, And this is where we start to see a lot of joint injuries and stiffness, inflammation, things of that nature as well. Yeah, I mean, if you think of like your IT band, and I've been more and more aware of this with yoga work and um, like now certain ways where I'll like have, let's say, uh, I'm laying on my back and I have my right foot on the ground and my left leg's raised with a band. Mm -hmm. And it's like you turn your heel in or out and, and you activate your IT band by flexing. You know, your IT band is that long piece of fascia that runs along the outside of your leg from the hip to the knee to the shin. And so it helps to extend and abduct and rotate our hip. And if that fascia is all wound up, all stressed and tight, then the way you operate that whole connection of your knee, your shin, and your hip will be influenced. Totally. We see a lot of knee and hip injuries for sure. And I'm hyper aware of my IT bands having been a runner in a past life for sure. They're tight. Oh yeah. So this is where then we look to things on a lifestyle basis of stretching and yoga are fantastic, um, especially like band work. And I think there's that whole, is it called melt technique? Yeah. Melt? I think think it is melt, which I think stands for like myofascial, there's some release of lymphatic something, I think. I'll Google it by the end. We'll we'll provide a link so we sound a little more informed. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't taken it, but I've heard from clients that they Uh love it. 
Um, but myofascial release massage work, um, you know, waking up your lymph. I've showed you guys stuff that I do with Dr. Deb Kern in her dance class where we like hit and wake up and are like pounding on our legs mm-hmm. to, to really agitate and wake up and move stagnation. Um, and even things like foam rolling. These are things that can be really great to work with the fascia so that it, it is more elasticized. And all these nutrient recommendations, keeping the body in a rich antioxidant status and an anti-inflammatory status where all things are going to be more elasticized and lubricated. Um, And that's where I think of things like omega-3 fatty acids, which we haven't really talked about. But this is where really optimizing your omega-3 to omega-6 ratio could be a big play as well. And even hydration, I don't think we think about that as frequently with, you know, tendon injuries and muscle tears and things like that. Uh, but even your hydration status can can impact that and drive more stiffness in the fascia for sure. Oh, most definitely. Okay, so let's talk a little more just on that note about movement and exercise. So beyond foam rolling and some of these other techniques, I know that weight bearing activity helps to increase bone density for sure. Um, but what about risk factors, I guess, for injury with joints and tendons and, and what are some tools to support? Yeah. I mean, I think that the whole idea, one of my chiropractors used to say motion is lotion. (laughs) And so I think kind of what we were just connecting as far as preventing sports injuries is stretching beforehand. And I won't emphasize that enough. As you age, it becomes more and more important. As you age and as you are more sedentary in your lifestyle, it becomes more and more important to stretch before you move. Um, Because again, that's going to really support that elasticity and the forgiveness or the resilience within the flexion of your joints and your bones. Um, So that's going to really help to prevent and and then also the interplay with ligaments. A lot of times we see that's where people throw things out like tendonitis or something like that, or their Achilles heel goes or something like that. Um, We do see beneficial outcomes with exercise and preventing joint pain with active use of collagen supplementation. So um, there was actually a study that looked at 60 postmenopausal women and uh, they were given the uh, collagen compared to placebo and they did see less uh, joint pain and stiffness and um, less cartilage turnover. Um, And we see that the collagen supplementation can improve synthesis, which can contribute to tissue repair and also resilience in in the tissue. So this is something, again, that I would really proactively use with even the teens being mindful that the majority of your bone is actually formed from ages 12 to 18. So for those of you moms that have a tween or teen, if they haven't listened to our podcast episode a couple weeks back where it was teens and tweens, make them listen to it because if going back full circle, if they can cut out the sugar refined carbs and they can get in their protein and healthy fats and their leafy greens and they can use collagen supplementation in their smoothies daily with the grass-fed whey, then they're really setting up for the best bone density to support healthy aging. So something to really be mindful and proactive with. Uh The things I wish I knew at that age again. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And um, there have been studies that have paired with vitamin C with gelatin or collagen that that does further increase the synthesis. So again, this is where like the the berries, the bell pepper, all that stuff works really well. But you might also consider the BioC Plus as a supplement. Um, Again, Becky kind of alluded to that as like a beauty supplement with helping brightening in the skin and collagen formation. But this could also be for tendon support for our athletes, the BioC Plus, especially because that's the baby antioxidant and it works up to support things like glutathione and selenium. And if you are exercising, you're going to create more oxidative stress to your system. Totally. And then what about other, I guess, supplement recommendations? I'm thinking about maybe someone who is an athlete and has, you know, more risk factor just by use alone for injury. Yeah. So, I mean, I always think of inflammazyme as the best tissue recovery. There's a lot of positive literature out there in support of bromelain and a lot of the active ingredients in here. Um, So there is going to be a proteolytic enzyme blend, which reduces tissue inflammation and aids in tissue recovery and repair. So we use inflammazyme with anyone that has like, for instance, uterine fibroids, Mm -hmm. all the way through our football players and lacrosse players and, you know, our marathon runners, because 
they need that boswellia and that ginger and that turmeric and that uh, proteolytic enzyme blend with the quercetin and the antioxidants that aid in supporting tissue recovery. Um, so that's really the best one I would say for like the exercisers and, and that would be appropriate at any age. And um, then as like a natural alternate to Aleve, I would go for the super turmeric. So you could most definitely do both inflammazyme and super turmeric. Although there is a little bit of turmeric in the inflammazyme, the super turmeric is a thousand milligrams or one gram per capsule delivered with turmeric oil. So it has really high bioavailability, four to six times uh, more than those that are on the market and um, really supports cardiovascular health, gut health, while keeping inflammation at bay, unlike the NSAIDs, which really are something that if any family member is on, including yourself, really to wean off of the Advil, the Aleve, the naproxen sodium, the Celebrex, so that's a prescription NSAID for um, you know osteoarthritis. So if we're having structural pain, work with reducing inflammation in the diet and these natural anti-inflammatories that will actually support the function of the body instead of inhibit and drive leaky gut, and then we're down a whole other rabbit hole. Totally. And I think both of those recommendations too, beyond you know the pure athlete, would be great in surgical, post-surgical recovery too. So if we didn't have a tendon repair or something like that. That's a great point, Becky. Uh, Hip replacement, Mm -hmm. inflammasome, super turmeric is always in the post-op. And I even layer in cellular antiox for that audience because we see a higher need for the glutathione and the N-acetylcysteine. Those are the most powerhouse antioxidants, especially after the individual was, you know, put under anesthesia and exposed to different toxins. And then I always do probiotics post-op. But um, the osteofactors is bar none a necessary tool in any recovery process from any bone related surgery of any sort. And then, you know, the inflammasome and super turmeric for any tissue for sure, including bone. Yep. And I know the osteofactors is when you'll be adding in with some more upcoming dental work, right? Yes, yes. As I go through that final stage of my uh, implants uh-huh. of uh, where they're drilling, uh, I believe I'm going to go with the, uh, what is it? Not titanium, zirconia implants. Um, I'm still you, on the research of that. a fancy one. I know. I think I need to have a dentist on here to advise me. We'll see how that goes. Goodness. But yes, I have been, and, and I'll be ramping up. I did that whole uh, process of the tooth extraction without any painkillers, just using the inflammasome and the super turmeric. So we'll get through it. All right. So let's close out with some food as medicine solutions, if you will. We've given you a lot of supplement suggestions. I wanted to call out, isn't there a bundle, Becky, for athletes now uh, that would have the inflammazyme? It sure is. What is it called? Uh, Let's see. Um, It's probably under energy and performance. Uh I bet I can find it. Sports performance, I want to say. I think we let Byron name it. Um, (laughs) Sports performance. Sounds like a Byron name. Strength Strength and and performance. performance. Okay. So strength and performance is the inflammasome with GI lining support because glutamine has a big influence on endurance. And that would be great for an athlete or a person who is in their you know, 50s through 70s and has been on NSAIDs for a long period of time um, because that's going to help them to recover their gut in that process. And then there's that inflammasome in there and grass-fed whey protein. So that's something to consider as well if you have high school athlete, you yourself are an athlete, or again, um, in the process of uh, you know, exercise in... Gosh, why am I not saying a gentle word for elderly? As you as you gent- gracefully age. There we go. It's not elderly, don't worry. I'm not. Nope. Elderly is not till 85 now these days, right? Isn't that how we're doing it? I think that's how we're doing because it. Because 40 is the new 30. Exactly. And, and we're talking about some of these you know, risk factors increasing as young as 30. So it's <laughs> for everyone. Who knows where this puts us. Yes. <laughs> okay. So food is medicine to wrap it up for you guys. Yes. Uh, the nori salmon salad that, yes, was done on our YouTube channel in a YouTube video on five stress busting snacks. Uh, and it's fantastic, especially if you use the canned nori with the bone in, as Becky mentioned. 
What would be another food as medicine thing to kind of pull things together? Bone broth, bone broth, bone broth. As much as we talk about it for gut support and hair, skin, and nails, I think it goes a little bit deeper for sure than that to be very bone supportive as well. Most definitely. And we're getting that collagen gelatin in there and also getting in those specific amino acids that build the collagen and gelatin, glycine and and all that. Um, And then I would say if we are doing a probiotic rich food daily, because that's going to help with the vitamin K production, um, that also is going to reduce the inflammation. And if we're doing a probiotic raw cultured dairy, then we're going to also be loaded with calcium and uh, phosphorus and even uh, potentially some vitamin D there. So kefir or uh, yogurt or raw aged cheeses would be a great thing to consider. And then otherwise fermented dairy-free foods to still at least get that probiotic and vitamin K punch. And then we mentioned omega-3 rich fish. So going for, if you can, um, the options that have the you know softer bones like sardines or canned salmon where the the bones are actually pressure cooked into it and you can't tell that they're there most definitely and even doing your you know wild salmon on the plank and your Mm -hmm. mackerel and your tuna and skipjack is all appropriate because those omega-3s are going to be a great support to reduce that inflammation and impact and then the last one that I'll suggest is nuts. Um, so getting in, whether you're doing our cocoa roasted almonds from the first book, Naturally Nourished Cookbook, or you are doing, like I mentioned, the zucchini low-carb collagen muffins, uh, or just adding pistachios to some frozen grapes as a midday snack, all of these could be really fantastic boost for magnesium as well as some B vitamins in there and um, great way to provide minerals for your body as well as fat and fiber to balance out blood sugar. So hopefully this provided you a lot of ideas of ways to support your structural health. As always, if this episode is helpful for you, share this. Uh, You can always copy the link and send that as a text message or uh, take a screenshot and post that on your social media and let friends and family know what you're learning. And we always appreciate reviews on iTunes or wherever you're listening. A five-star review is a great way for other people in the space to learn about our show. And um, we're super passionate to share all this food as medicine information with you guys. And we'd love to see you over on AllieMillerRD.com to help you further elevate your health. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished Podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.